It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The more I think and the more I learn about this loss, the worse it gets. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every single Monday, Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com and a million other places. Lindsey, that was brutal. That was a brutal, brutal game. So many folks woke up Sunday morning, and I'm sure are waking up this morning saying, I still can't believe it happened. And I'm there with you. I'm there with you. And that was certainly the emotion that most people felt. It wasn't anger. It wasn't, you know, anything overtly negative. It almost felt numb for a yeah. while. And then over the course of the rest of the weekend and now Monday morning, I think it shifted to a lot of frustration and, and many other things. And Lindsay, you know, I went back and watched a good chunk of the game. I, I just couldn't bring myself to watch the fourth quarter again. But when you look at it, it's just Auburn getting beat at virtually every position group across the field. I, I don't think it's anything super intricate. It's still the same thing as we thought it was right afterwards. And it's Auburn and New Mexico state lined up and Auburn beat uh, and New Mexico state beat them over and over and over again. And it's frustrating. There was one point when, I mean, I was there in the stands and like brutal. Uh, there was so one sorry. point when they ran the same play like five times and just Auburn just couldn't stop it. Like Auburn just like they knew it was coming and just couldn't stop it. And it's I, I'd like to think that on this show, I've been a pretty positive person finding the bright spots and things like that. And there's really very little positive you can take out of this game. I think the only the only thing that you can say is you have a little bit of certainty now that like, you know, Philip Montgomery is not the right play caller. You know, I think that Peyton Thorne is not the right quarterback. And you think like these wide receivers are not the right wide receivers. Like other than that, there's no positives here. You guys mentioned in the show, you and Daryl mentioned that like Alex McPherson did his job and made his field goal. He almost missed that. It was just barely inside the left upright from, from, from in the stadium. We were like, that's not going to make it. And then it just squeaked in the upright. So Rough game all around and uh, poor, I mean, terrible, pathetic showing. You have to think that there's nowhere really you can go but up now on. Yeah, talked to a few folks um, that were in the locker room um, and within the program after the game, and they all kind of said the same thing. It sounded like it was very quiet in that room, rightfully so, and Coach Freeze's message to the team was, all right, We'll look at tape. We'll figure out what went wrong, and we'll get back to it. I don't think he needed to say anything. I think the 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 message was very, very clear. But multiple folks now have reached out and said it was it was dead on the sideline. Nobody spoke up. Nobody did anything. There was no energy. And they said on the TV broadcast, the, you know, I think they quoted Free saying um, their care meter needed to go up, which is evident, right? It didn't go up. Uh, if anything, it almost got worse in the second half. But to me, it seemed like there was no leadership. The leadership was silent. Doesn't sound like anybody really tried to speak up or change anything on the sideline to inject energy. And to me, that's that's not good. And when you look at these team leaders, and you know, we'll just start with who's been voting or been voted as a captain. 
you know, these captains, your Peyton Thorns, your uh, your Luke Deals, um, you know, Cam Stutz represented Auburn at media days. He's a leader on this team. And it's like, where did all of this come from? And it doesn't seem like they were there. It didn't seem like any of these upperclassmen were there on Saturday as far as being emotional leaders on the sideline. And also, Lindsay, I mean, we, we got we to gotta add this, but Auburn shouldn't need to be fired up to beat a Power 5 team. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how good their quarterback is or their record. They shouldn't need that. But the fact that nobody did it, I do think, is concerning. And, and that'll be something that Hugh Freeze, from a roster standpoint, will need to fix over the course of this offseason. Yeah, it was, I mean, watching from the sidelines, it was just amazing how nonchalant everybody was the entire game. Or sidelines, watching from the stadium. Just yeah. looking at the sidelines and, right. and how... You know, players are just, I mean, saying some of the players are dancing to the music and between plays and between drives and series, not starters, but like depth guys, backups, things like that. And it just, the entire stadium was dead. And you never really saw, you know, players with a towel trying to get the fans to get loud or anything like that. It was all based off of the video board said, make some noise. The noise level would pick up a little bit and then it would settle back down. And it, it just, the want to wasn't there, right? Like from anybody. And I don't know how you could walk into Jordan Hare and not feel that drive to go out and play the game of your life. And that's obviously an indictment of the coaching staff. Like you said, it's an indictment of the, the, the player leaders, the captains, things like that. But it's also just inherently kind of a failure. I mean, as a fan, when you're in that stadium and they're playing the music and they're doing the hype videos, like you get fired up and you get passionate and you get energetic. And I just don't know how as a player that does, that never happens, but it just never happened in the entire game. And I mean, even if your sad. motivation in the second half, Lindsay, is just to not be embarrassed. I think yeah. that's, the, and how many times does a team almost lose a game like this? I mean, Auburn's had several, uh, Georgia that's State. not, yeah, sure. And then, I mean, but you look around like Florida has been in that situation over the last few years, Arkansas, Tennessee. I mean, it's not an unusual thing for that to happen to a team every few seasons. It's not an unusual thing, but the fourth quarter rolls around and they say, okay, we're not going to do this. And you get their full focus and full attention. And th then that's enough. And I thought that was going to happen, right? I yeah. thought that was going to happen for Auburn until the fake punt in the second half. And then it's like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> this, this could get really bad in a second, and, and, and sadly, it did. But going into that final touchdown for New Mexico State, mm -hmm. was told by folks within the program that everybody knows that they ran the same play four or five times in a row. I forget the number that they said. Multiple times in a row, they eventually scored a touchdown, and the defense was aware that it was coming, and they couldn't stop it. And to me, that's not good. That is not good when New Mexico State can line up and just beat you, even though you expect what's coming. And to me, um, that's, I don't know, there's just no other way to excuse it. And I hate that we're saying the same thing over and over and over again, but like, it's just, if you're listening to this or watching this, you know. You know the product on the field Saturday wasn't good enough. Hugh Freeze made that very clear in his press conference. You could tell he was embarrassed. You can tell these players are embarrassed. We'll see how they uh, we'll see how they perform and act and prepare moving forward. Yeah, I'm not going to call this the worst loss in Auburn history simply because I don't think I have enough history and knowledge of the past to confidently say that. But I am going to say 
it's the most embarrassing of recent Auburn history simply because yeah. you should group of five team doesn't matter how good they are you shouldn't be in a position like this where you get man if you had swapped everything around if you had put swapped the jerseys and everything people would look at this game and be like that's what's supposed to happen auburn's supposed to go out there and dominate them you know 31 to to 15 or right. 10 or whatever it was 31 to 10 and instead it's the other way around and it's just it's embarrassing should mm -hmm. never happen and hopefully like you said hopefully they've got better focus and it won't happen again yeah yeah we'll see we will see recruiting now is more important than ever because well we'll talk about that in just a moment right here on locked on auburn today's show is brought to you by our new friends listening.com if you uh if you listen to podcasts Odds are you like listening to all sorts of things. And right now, listing.com, they've got a special deal for you guys. But first, let me tell you what listing.com is. You can put together any kind of article or PDF, whatever it may be, into listing.com, and it will generate essentially custom audiobooks for you to listen to while you're driving or exercising, cooking. It doesn't matter what it is. So uh, even if you're a student, um, you can put kind of any of your notes in there and it can read these math equations and technical words and complicated documents and it knows to skip the citations and footnotes and references unless you jump straight into the chapter or section you want to listen to. It's also got a one-click note-taking button where it automatically puts the last 10 seconds into a notepad so you don't have to type the notes while you listen. And best of all, right now, you can use the link at listening.com slash locked on You'll be able to get your first three weeks for free. So go ahead and give it a try. It's usually two weeks for free, but you get an extra week when you go to listing.com slash locked on. Very, very cool product. And uh, I'm excited to announce that they are partners here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Listening.com slash locked on. Give it a try. Let me know what you think. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Lindsey Crosby, our guest on this Monday so I think on the field production, unless Auburn pulls off the unthinkable, we'll discuss that in a second. If they pull off the unthinkable and beat Alabama on Saturday in the Iron Bowl, I think this changes this conversation. Mm -hmm. But first thing, I, I think right now as it sits, on-field production for Auburn in the first year of the Hugh Freeze era, I think it's a failure. I think they underachieved. The goal was 7-5. and five. We were very consistent in that messaging. We're not going to change it to fit um, you know, what's actually happened on the field. Six and six is not good. Six and six is not good enough. And when you look at it, and the fact that that was your loss, it almost makes it worse. So now you've got to win off the field. And how do you do that? You keep all of this positive momentum on the recruiting trail going as much as you can. A lot of people buying into the fact that Cam Coleman, who was there on Saturday, the five-star from Central Phoenix City, committed to Texas A&M right now, he's on flip watch. Seems like he's either going to flip to Auburn or flip to Florida State. But everybody everywhere is dropping crystal balls for Cam Coleman. And people are reading into it like, oh, my goodness, he didn't commit. Oh, my goodness, he declined interviews from recruiting writers when he was leaving. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Because 
Lindsay, the pitch doesn't change. Hugh Freeze and the coaching staff, they have been pitching, hey, we need your help. Hey, you can come in and play early. If what anything, Saturday, I don't think that changes the pitch. If anything, the pitch got better, right? You can go out and, and you can say, hey, Perry Thompson, like this is why we have Perry Thompson in this class because none of those receivers could get separation against G5 defensive backs. And the pitch to Cam Coleman is the exact same that it was. It was, hey, you could probably start as a freshman out here because we need your help. And yeah. I mean, every single player that you talk to, like there, you can't point to a single player on the field and say like from his play on Saturday, that spot is safe. And if you play at that position, you're not going to have a chance to play next year. Like tight end and running back. That's it. Like if anything, yeah, I mean, and Senator Fairweather. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. Right. I mean, like if anything, that pitch, like you made the case on the field that that pitch is true. And we talk about, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jim's and Joe's. And you showed this season multiple times, most notably this last Saturday, you don't have the Jims and Joes to compete in the SEC. Yeah. And so at the same time, the thing that I will say is Hugh Freeze knows that. Hugh Freeze has been trying to tell us all year. I think we're so used to coach speak. We're so used to coaches who they don't want to make any sort of broad proclamations about their talent level. They don't want to oversell anything. And so we just assume that coaches are always just kind of, they're always saying the right thing and they're always just being falsely positive. Hugh Freeze has tried to tell us that this roster is not good all year. We've not listened. And this is evidence that, hey, this team is not where it needs to be from a talent perspective. So, but Lindsay, I, I think that's fine in discussing the loss to Texas A&M and to Ole Miss and to Georgia. And I, I think that's fine. Yeah. Auburn's roster is more talented than New Mexico State's. I think that's where it's a little bit different when we yeah. have this conversation. I, I think I think this is all about effort. I think this is all about a lack of pride in what you're doing on the field. And he called them out saying the receivers are running in slow motion. And then on both sides of the ball, Auburn got bullied in the trenches over and over and over again. I'm with you. I mean, Hugh Freeze has told us that his roster is not good and he's called out the receivers. And there's this weird line of, okay, how do you motivate somebody while you're also publicly saying that this roster is not good enough? Like, that's weird. I don't know how you do that. I don't, I don't think it's wrong that he's doing it. I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to properly do that. And he may not yeah. either. And it may not matter because it's a personal or it's a, it's a temporary, uh, it's a temporary issue yeah. that hopefully is going to go away in the next 24 months. But, I don't know, dude. Like, clearly calling them out publicly hasn't worked. Um, and you've only got one more week for it to really matter. And then everybody's either going to enter the portal or they're going to stay and you're going to go get guys and try to replace them just because that's what the job of a head coach is. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all this stuff that he said about the roster not being good enough, I'm cool with. But against New Mexico State, I don't, personally, I don't think that's an excuse. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it. the effort was not there. 100%. I mean, you yeah, can tell from sure. the stadium. And so, New Mexico State's a little bit a little bit different. But even there, like, when you... You didn't have the talent, in the, you know, in the coaching booth, right? You didn't have the talent on the offensive coaching staff to make up for the lack of effort. You can't you can't force a guy to, to, to try, right? And I honestly, I kind of agree with Daryl that I think we all look past New Mexico State and just said, yeah, let's go with, you know, we're ready for the Iron Bowl. Let's get hyped up for that. SEC nations coming to town, all of that stuff. And we kind of ignored New Mexico State and maybe stop scheduling New Mexico State or Jerry Kill. Just don't do that anymore. Um, but I agree with that. Yeah. But to me, like 
knowing that Hugh Freeze is aware the roster doesn't have the talent and that he's recruiting his butt off to try to make this team better at least gives you a little bit of hope. Now, and you guys made a great point. You haven't made any progress this season, but you have hope and you have hope because you know that in this class verbally committed, if you can seal the deal before by early signing day is Demarcus Riddick is Perry Thompson, Jamonta Waller and Joseph Phillips are in there. Like you have, you have guys coming in that are very, very talented. And that's not something you could, you've been able to say for sure. four or five years. Uh, but the only positive thing you have right now, if you are Auburn is this class. And so you have to seal, you have to seal the deal. And I'm personally not worried about Cam Coleman not committing over the weekend because wide receivers are divas and uh, it's a, probably waiting for the most dramatic possible moment to do it like halftime of the Iron Bowl or something. But Oh, and I'm cool with that. I'm yeah, cool. That's fine. I, and I almost think it's better for Auburn if he waits. Like, I think Cam Coleman will be a part of this class. I thought that last week. I'm saying it this week as well, as do most people who cover recruiting at some point. They've put in a crystal ball or a prediction, mm-hmm. Cam Coleman flipping from Texas A&M to Auburn. I, I do think that's going to happen. I think you make the argument it's better for Auburn to do it on signing day. I mean, that's when everybody's paying the most attention. You want everybody to see, okay, we're getting these five stars. You know, he's going to be the second or third five star in this group, depending on depending on where you look. So the, I, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with him not committing this weekend. The only, I'm fine with him not committing this weekend. I do want to say I don't, and I don't know if this is true because I'm not, I don't cover recruiting, but Sometimes those best of the best players like a Cam Coleman, like a Perry Thompson, sometimes other players are drawn to want to play with them. And so I'm my argument, though, for that would be like the coaching staff is telling them that Cam Coleman is coming. Okay, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the flip before early signing day to me is one of those. Okay, if you can get it in a couple of days early, make it official. But if there's confidence from the recruits that. The coaches are telling them and they believe it. That's fine. It's just, it's one of those momentum things. Can you imagine, you know, heading into early signing day, two days before Cam Coleman's like, hey, change my mind. I'm going to Auburn. Let's do it. You've got a day or two to publicly lobby some of these players to flip and come with you. There's that. So sure. disagree with a little bit, but I'm sure the coaches, like you said, I'm sure the coaches telling them probably has enough weight where it, it, it functionally works the same. Yeah, I'm with um, you. But yeah, I'm like Cruton's all that we have right now because you have made no progress this year on the field, but at least we know, okay, you know what doesn't work, right? You know, so, you know whether it's coaches, whether it's players, whatever, you know what doesn't work, and you know we've got guys coming in, let's make sure that we have the right personnel to make those guys successful, and we'll just bank on the fact that we're bringing in more talented players than we've brought in in probably a decade. Sure. Yeah, and... I think it stinks to say that the progress on the field has not been great, but you lost to New Mexico State. I think everything that happened the three weeks up to that, it, it almost doesn't matter now. Yeah. So we'll see. I think I think there's going to be major turnover on this roster. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see some turnover on this coaching staff, and I think it may happen shortly after the Iron Bowl after this weekend. So we'll see. We'll see. Could the Iron Bowl fix all of this? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. And speaking of the Iron Bowl, you can wager on the Iron Bowl at FanDuel Sportsbook. Auburn 14 and a half point dogs 
Or you can bet on Auburn straight up. The money line is plus 490. You feel good about the Tigers? Maybe head over to FanDuel and um, possibly win some money. We will see. Uh, but right now, new customers at FanDuel, they get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks. Uh, if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Bowl season is a great time to wager on college football, so make sure you already got everything set up as the bowl season's almost here. And obviously, um, the conference championship games will be this following weekend, too. So this app's easy to use at FanDuel. Spreads, player pops, over-unders. they got everything. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off your sports winnings, hopefully. At FanDuel, they're the official partner of the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsey Crosby, our guest. If Auburn wins the Iron Bowl, does it erase everything that happened this past weekend? I'm leaning towards no, Lindsay. Where are you in this? Not it doesn't raise everything, but I think I think if anything, it makes more questions. It raises questions of how do you That's beat fair. Arkansas by as much as you did? How do you pull one out against Alabama, but then yeah. lose to New Mexico State? And I understand that there's a narrative about Hugh Freeze that he'll have an inexplicable loss that you weren't expecting every season. His Liberty team lost to this same New Mexico State team and Jerry Kill last year, happened at Ole Miss. I think if anything, if you win the Iron Bowl, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying don't do it. I would love an Iron Bowl. You never turn down an Iron Bowl win. Uh, I do feel like it raises more questions, right? Simply because it's like, how do you you have this game in between the other two, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, a 14 and a half point spread i mean you're five and five against the spread this year if you can even i mean if 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 you can somehow win that's absurd can i put a tinfoil hat on for a second do you mind yeah go go i'd love tinfoil hats go ahead all right all right so if um would you say that this offense looked more like auburn at cal or auburn over the three-game winning streak cal yeah that's a no-brainer right yeah yeah what if, oh my goodness, Jimbo's gone. We have so much momentum on the recruiting front. NIL is booming. It's New Mexico State. Coach Montgomery, you got the offense this week? He's like, I, I really need to recruit and close out and maybe get a top 10 class. You good? Yeah, coach, I'm good. I got it. And this was Phil Montgomery's offensive game plan. Would that be the craziest thing? In the world, Lindsay, because it really looked like the offense we saw the first half of the season. I don't think it'd be crazy, and I know I'm. This is not the most reliable thing because I was I was in zone seats, and they were wonderful seats. Thank you to the listener who sent those to me. Uh, feel free to send me Iron Bowls tickets. I, I love that. Anybody, you're you're open. Um, I've noticed that when Hughes calling plays, he covers his mouth with the play call sheet, and a lot of what I saw on the sidelines was he had the sheet down and he. Typically would, you know, check out the sheet and see what they're calling, but it didn't look like he was calling plays. And I want to go a step farther and not only say it was tinfoil hat. This was 
Philip Montgomery's game plan. But the common conversation has been Auburn did a much better on offense with Hugh Freeze calling plays and that Philip Montgomery is probably going to get fired. And what if Philip Montgomery went to Hugh and said, hey, let me call New Mexico State. Let me show you that, no, I can, in fact, make a game plan. That's what you're looking to do on offense and handle this non-conference opponent. And so, like, this is like my audition to stick around in 2024. And not only did he uh, not pass, but he absolutely bombed it. And, um, yeah. Like, what if that was him trying to keep his job and he just failed? I don't know, dude. I don't know. But he, uh, is there any chance he's offensive coordinator next year in your mind? No. I don't see a reason. Like, one... Either Hugh Freeze is going to call his own plays, in which case you don't need Philip Montgomery, or two, you're just going to accept a second bad season. No, there's no, there's no chance Philip Montgomery sticks around. There, and there shouldn't be, right? I would have, they didn't do it. I would have understand if you saw something on Sunday afternoon where they said Philip Montgomery was leaving, was gone. Like, it, you, and you maybe like not official, but leaked it, you know? Yeah, you got to think if it wasn't, just one le- week left in the season, and that happens. Oh yeah, he would be gone. Right? If this is like if if this is late September and this happens in a winnable game, Philip Montgomery's gone already. But the fact that there's one week left, get his help this week. He still can be useful. Get his help this week. He will call the Iron Bowl, and then Philip might be gone as soon as Sunday or Monday after the Iron Bowl, and yep. we'll see what happens for the bowl game. If there even is anybody in place for the bowl game. If Auburn accepts an invite for the bowl game, all that kind of stuff. You want the practices. If nothing else, you want the practices. So yeah, I see that. But no, there's no, there's a the the chance of Philip Montgomery staying, I think, is the same as the chances of Auburn winning by more than 14 points on Saturday against uh against Alabama, which FanDuel says is plus twenty five hundred. Those are the those are the odds that Auburn will win by more than fourteen. That'd be wild. All right. Lindsay, how can people check out everything you've got going on, bud? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Everything, whether it's minor league baseball, locked in MLB prospects, major league baseball, Day.com, college baseball, auburndaily.com. We're getting right in there. We just wrapped up the college world, the fall world series, getting ready to plan for the spring. Yep. Yep. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com as well. And be sure to tune in tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.